Thank you for listening to the Coal Mind Podcast. This is David Cole from Dallas, Texas, and it's November 22nd, 2020. We'll President Trump's challenges to the recent election results, his legal counsel continues to claim that it will release the Kraken in the form of significant new evidence that will drastically change the present situation in which Vice President Biden leads with more than 270 electoral votes. This episode examines the long history of the mythic kraken and questions whether it really belongs along with elephants, donkeys, and eagles as one of our country's semi-official constitutional creatures. Almost exactly a thousand years ago, the first tales of the kraken were recorded. Norse sailors told tales of a giant sea creature called a hafgufa that would devour ships that sailed where they should not go as the Scandinavian languages such as Swedish and Icelandic evolved, the Hafgufa turned into the Kraken based on the verb kraki or to crack, which is what the monster would do when it uh, grabbed a ship and drew it below the surface of the water. Tales of the mythic Kraken have continued ever since. One of the most artistic in our more modern times was by the English poet Alfred Lord Tennyson in an 1830 sonnet called The Kraken. In full, the 16-line poem is as follows. Below the thunders of the upper deep, far, far beneath in the abysmal sea, his ancient, dreamless, uninvaded sleep the kraken sleepeth. Faintest sunlights flee about his shadowy sides, above him swell huge sponges of millennial growth and height, and far away into the sickly light from many a wondrous grotten secret cell, unnumbered and enormous polypi winnow with giant arms the slumbering green, there hath he lain for ages, and will lie battening upon huge sea-worms in his sleep, until the latter fire shall heat the deep, then once by man and angels to be seen, in roaring he shall rise, and on the surface die. The Kraken also had a brief cameo in perhaps the greatest work of literature about a sea creature, Moby Dick. The crew of the Pequod encountered a vast pulpy mass, furlongs in length, Starbuck, the first mate of the Pequod, called it, the Great Live Squid which they say few whale ships ever beheld and returned to their ports to tell of it. In our time, the Kraken became a celebrity because of the 2010 movie Clash of the Titans, in which Liam Nesson, playing Zeus, says in a very dramatic fashion at a key point in the story, release the Kraken. As mythology goes, that's new invention. The Kraken had not a thing to do with Greek mythology or even the Mediterranean Sea. But Liam Nesson's words in this movie are an excellent example of what an anthropologist would call syncretism, a process by which new myths incorporate and build upon old ones. The Greek myths of our time, as we tell those stories, now have added a new and strong feature from Norse culture and we're generally better off for us, at least our memes are. But not all syncretism is healthy or well-advised, and that brings us to the 2020 presidential election. With the vote count in the election now over, and the December 8th safe harbor date looming, at which point state-certified election results become binding on the Senate, the president's current legal counsel promises remarkable new evidence that will drastically change the current situation. Diehard supporters of the president have taken to calling this evidence as yet unfiled, as yet undisclosed, but calling it the Kraken on Twitter. And they look forward enthusiastically to the moment when counsel will release the Kraken into the courts and the operations of the Electoral College during December and perhaps even early January. Is the Kraken the wisest metaphor for a constitutional situation? Of course, there's nothing wrong with the fun meme, and Liam Nesson's release the Kraken line is one of the great campy lines in modern movie making. The line that launched a thousand memes, you could say. 
But consider the nature of the Kraken in myth running back for centuries. As Tennyson summarized in his poem, the Kraken lived below the thunders of the upper deep, far, far beneath the abysmal sea. In other words, beyond the reach and influence of human civilization and culture. Such a creature seems out of place in the carefully balanced governmental system established by our Constitution and the traditions and court cases and laws that have been built up since its enactment. And in particular, the Kraken is beyond human time. As Tennyson observed also, There hath he lain for ages and will lie, battening upon huge sea worms in his sleep until the future time when he rises. Such a timeless creature seems especially out of place in the current situation as a guide, when statutory and constitutional deadlines are running on a weekly basis between now and the Senate's formal tabulation of electoral votes in January. Indeed, it is notable that among the sailors, the seafaring culture that gave rise to the Kraken in the first place, it was considered bad luck to even say the word Kraken. Not unlike in our modern culture, the Harry Potter books, the characters in that are fearful of saying the word Voldemort and instead refer to him as he who must not be named for fear that they might actually cause the evil king to come back. The same situation was true with these sailors. They were fearful that by invoking the name of the Kraken, this force, this foreign and powerful force, would enter their civilized world and destroy it, taking it to the bottom of the sea. Power of the image, in other words, was so great in their mind that they were hesitant to invoke it for fear of what it might actually do if it appeared in our human world and society. Syncretism, the process of borrowing from old myths to make new ones, is something natural about how cultures evolve from one generation, one era to the next. But just because it is a natural process does not mean it is a healthy process. And the myth of the Kraken, not unlike its physical presence in myth, contains perhaps more beneath the surface than may appear at first glance. Today we released the Kraken. We looked at its thousand-year history as a mythical beast and its adoption into modern myth-making and storytelling as a symbol of potential evidence about President Trump's claims as to the conduct of the 2020 election. While there is nothing at all wrong with a fun meme, especially one that started out with Liam Nesson dressed as a Greek god, it is worth noting that the Kraken is not a beast that fits very well with our modern government. By definition, it lives beyond human laws and, as well, beyond the human conception of time, two forces that are critical in bringing the 2020 election to a close in a way consistent with the commands of our Constitution. Its use as a political symbol, as entertaining as it may be, is probably not the most healthy one for our polarized times. Depending on how the election proceeds in upcoming episodes, I'll continue to look at other topics about election law and legal issues about vote counts if they abate. I'll turn to other constitutional cases that have come out while I've been focused on election law in recent weeks. You can follow this podcast on any of the main directories, and if you enjoy it, I encourage you to join other satisfied listeners and leave a nice review on Apple Podcasts. I very much appreciate you listening, and I look forward to sharing with you again soon.